Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'd like to start with a reading from the Dhammapada. This is probably going to be new to a lot of you guys. So. The twin verses. <laughs> <laughs> our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Suffering follows an evil thought as the wheel of a cart follows the oxen that draws it. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Joy follows a pure thought like a shadow that never leaves. So ends the reading. I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, I have a I have a brief disclaimer here. Okay. I'd like to say the views expressed here are totally my own. Muddy Water Zen is not responsible for the content of this talk. <laughs> That's the end of this disclaimer. Today is the day. Got it? Today is the day. I am going to release the Kraken. Are you ready? ready. I am going to release the Kraken. This is going to be something the likes you have never heard before. This is huge. Life-changing, maybe. Okay? But before I get into that, I thought it would be a good idea to let you know a little bit about me and how I got here. So, I first took the precepts in 2002 at um, Still Point down in Detroit. I had the little booklet from when I, when I did it. My name, the name I had back then was Balata. I'm on my third Buddhist name so far. And, um, and that was a big deal. I had never really been involved in a religious experience quite so deeply before. So it was a big step. I wanted to read to you the opening cover of, of, of what was in here. Um, it said, Buddhism teaches gentleness, compassion, serenity, wisdom, love of nature, and realization of the true nature of all beings. Buddhism prevails when these values are upheld and practiced. Therefore, cultivate your body, mind, and speech through your practice so that you will become a living instrument of the Dharma, the teachings of, the Bud of Buddhism. Cultivation of your body, mind, and speech will without fail lead you to the realization of the three jewels, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. This is peace, love, and happiness. Your body, mind is Bodhidharma, and your environment is the way. Walk and light the way. Cultivate the Buddha fields of all beings. Ultimately, there is no suffering, no sorrow, no death. Be diligent. Do not neglect the cultivation of the way of the Buddha. Attain freedom for the happiness of all beings and the peace of the world. So that was my first real religious upbringing, but I had been spiritual probably all my life. Even as a kid, I had been interested in spirituality, and, um, had tested out uh, briefly Christian religions and some uh, Far East religions and that sort of thing, even as a, as a kid. Um, I remember listening to Alan Watt and um, that sort of thing. But one experience I had that was a very, um, very uh, pivotal moment for me, I guess I'll say, is in high school I took a class, and it was called semantics. I don't know if you are familiar with semantics at all, but um, 
Semantics is a branch of linguistics and logic concerned with meaning. And I had a really cool teacher. He was a jazz musician prior to, and his name was Mr. Cooper. And um, he was maybe the first adult that I had really recognized as being like out of the mold per se of somebody that, um, somebody that you would picture as an adult when you're in high school, I guess. Um, he'd like get his hair cut once a year. He'd cut his hair in the springtime and then it would just grow. And so by the end of the, by the fall or whatever, he'd have hair about down to here and everybody thought he was, he was cool or whatever. At least I thought he was cool. Um, and he you know, had all these cool stories about you know, being a jazz musician and I was a musician at the time, so I, I could relate to all that sort of thing. Um, but it was an eye-opening experience for me and I learned um, a number of things in the semantics class. And one of the things is I learned that context is really a key to the meaning of a word. Um, just to give you an example, let's say, you know, a, a man says to a woman, I care for you. So she might be very flattered by, by that statement. Now, however, if she had just told the man, I love you, and he responded with, I care for you, she might be heartbroken. Those are the sorts of things I, I, I realize that context really does matter. I also learned that um, sometimes words have more than one meaning, especially in English. Um, an example of this, for example, would be uh, my granddaughter. My granddaughter is in gymnastics and her meets are sanctioned by the USA Gymnastics, but, which means that they accept the results. By the same token, the USA can sanction Iran, which means that we're not going to sell anything to them or let them have anything. Uh, so the same word, but two different meanings. The other thing I learned about was a thing called the levels of abstraction. Levels of abstraction. Now, you could have the actual object, let's say. Uh, you could also have a representation of the object, maybe perhaps in 3D, like a statue or a 3D model. Uh, you could also have a description of that item that would make us come to understand what that item is in, to some degree. Uh, we could have a single word that we have assigned to that item that people tend to agree that this is what this item is. You know, the other thing I learned that is very interesting is that man is the namer of things. Humans are the ones who assign these names to all kinds of things, to objects, to feelings, to pretty much everything in material existence. And that is how we communicate. We communicate through these common ideas that we all know about. This is how we think as well. When I think of something, I have words in my head that say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. So. The other day, Thursday, I went over, I have a brand new granddaughter, four months old, okay? And she can't talk yet. She's only four months old. So she basically communicates it through two methods. Either she smiles at you and she's bubbly or she's screaming her head off. <laughs> and she can go from one to the other really, really quick. Yep. You know, I thought about that, you know what? You know, what if we did not have words to be able to communicate ideas? What if I, you know, came up to you and went, wah, every time I wanted to communicate something to you. Um, it, would be, it would be pretty weird, you know. Uh, if I wanted a cheeseburger, I'd like, wah, and expect that you would know that I want a cheeseburger. 
that's not, that's just, you know. So words are very important. But I found a, a reading, short reading, that kind of illustrates this point pretty well. The nun Wu Jikara asked the six patriots Huneng, I have studied the Mahaparinirvana Sutra for many years, yet there are many areas I do not quite understand. Please enlighten me. The patriot responded, I am illiterate. Please read out the character to characters to me and perhaps I'll be able to explain the meaning, said the nun. Or, I'm sorry, perhaps I can explain the meaning. The nun said, you cannot even recognize the characters. How are you able then to understand the meaning? He responded, truth has nothing to do with words. Truth can be likened to the bright moon in the sky. Words, in this case, can be likened to a finger. The finger can point to the moon, its location. However, the finger is not the moon. To look at the moon, it is necessary to gaze beyond the finger, correct? So I think language is pretty good, in short. I'm going to shift gears here just a little bit. So in the past five years, um, for my family, things have been pretty rough. Um, we've had a lot of unfortunate events, unpleasant events, death, health, health issues, job changes, things like that, stuff that was pretty tough. And then <laughs> what do we get? We get a pandemic. And we get political divide and political unrest and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, when you're a grandparent, you tend to share the sufferings of your, of your children and your family members and that sort of thing. It's not just theirs. It's just, just the way it is, you know. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but some, I'm going to say this. I don't mean, I hope you don't take this out of context. Um, for me, anyway, the bad stuff tends to stick with me a lot longer than the good stuff. I do not lay awake at night thinking of all the good deeds I've done for people or things that I did that were, were good. I tend to um, think about where I could have done better, you know, what I could have done differently, you know, to make things better and that sort of thing. So, you know, maybe this is my personality. I tend to beat myself up, carry around some guilt for some of the stuff. Don't get me wrong. I don't lay awake every night and, and, and think this way, you know, but, but, you know, there have been times that, you know, I would lay there and my mind would just be racing and, and you know, I get these thoughts. And, um, you know, kind of like the beginning, you know, thoughts follow you like a, like a shadow that never leaves kind of kind of what I said or, or what the Buddha said earlier you know you know but anyway back to this pandemic and this political divide and you know um, and you know eventually about maybe six months ago I had a crisis of faith you know I've been a Buddhist for 19 years you know but you know I'm sitting around thinking about you know how bad things have really been and you know you know definitely frustrated with you know, the pandemic and the political system. I, I had a crisis of faith. I, you know, I thought, you know, gosh, sometimes I almost wish that, you know, I was a Christian, because at least I could pray to somebody and, you know, maybe the big hand of God would come down and somehow help me or, or something like that, you know. You know, um, and it's kind of like these levels of abstraction, abstraction I was talking about before. I had heard of suffering. 
I had read about suffering, but now that I was experienced suffering, I was looking for a way out. You know, but the truth is, is there is no way out. You know, you this is it. And then all of a sudden it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was almost um, a big revelation is the truth. What the Buddha tells you is the truth. He teaches suffering. That's what he teaches you. It is the unvarnished, unmitigated truth. And like they say, the truth will set you free. And I got to admit, when I came to that realization, it made a huge difference. It was really, really a big difference for me. Um, so back to this Kraken thing. I don't have a Kraken. I don't even really know what a Kraken really is. <laughs> I heard that there's a hockey team that they're going to call the Krakens that's going to come up. So that was something I just found out about. Okay, so this probably did not change your life, but hopefully it got you to pay attention through the whole Dharma talk, which was really what I was shooting for. So, <laughs> so anyway, good thing is that maybe you might look into semantics a little bit because it does really help you cut through the BS, which that whole cracking thing really was. But I really appreciate you guys. I'd like to thank Muddy Waters then for letting me come here and talk today. I've done Dharma talk for over two years and, um, it was it was fun. So thanks a lot. <laughs>